Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Stephen Navarra, and with me as always, Sir Daniel. World Cup action has kicked off, but we're going to save that for later in the show. We'll break down the U.S. men's performance so far in the big match against England this Friday. Uh, First, praise God. Uh, Jesus, uh, Muhammad, um, Buddha, Gandhi, uh, Gandhi, uh, all, all the above. Um, I don't have to work all weekend. I don't think you do either. So we can strap in for like three straight days of football. Um, sorry, four straight days of football (laughs) Thursday through Sunday here. Uh, I can't wait. Friday, I'm not going to watch too much of that college slate. I'll, I'll, you know, get some other things done with my life. But certainly the the other three days are going to be filled with football, and it's going to be immaculate. So happy Thanksgiving to you all out there. Danny, anything to say about the holiday weekend? I'm on holiday until the end of the round of 16. I'm almost I'm almost two full weeks off of work at this point, which is a uh... – which is going to be heaven. Nothing but football and football and uh, probably a few beers along the way. It'll oh, be yeah. a good time. Cannot wait. I'm going to definitely, you know, Thanksgiving, big old Thanksgiving meal, and then going to have a bunch of bourbon, other things, and going to the casino. So can't wait for that, too. Going to play the video craps. With my boy Lance. Lance is meeting me there at 10.45 a.m. So we can sneak in a World Cup bet, hopefully, before Portugal goes on the pitch. And then we will uh, sit and watch that game while we play virtual craps and lose all of our money. So you'll have to maybe give me a a pick for that game uh, later on. But let's get into some news unrelated to injuries. Or is it the Cardinals offensive line coach fired Monday morning in Mexico City? I had predicted in our group chat that this was either a hooker chokeout, like Chris Benoit crossface style, or uh, underage um, underage incident of of evilness. Turns out I was somewhere in the middle and it was just a grope, not just, oh God, it was a groping incident. Uh, don't know who he groped, don't know how he did it, don't know any context around it. They just said it was groping and no uh, no other information. I don't know when uh, the Mexican authorities, if or will, release any more information on it. I would assume that cocaine was also involved, but that is an assumption. I don't have any proof. I was not in Mexico this past weekend. I don't think I'm ever going back to Mexico. One one visit was plenty for me. You got anything on uh, on this? The Cardinals are dead also, by the way. You know how I struggled with the Cardinals early on, and now it's just like the most obvious thing every week, like the Cardinals are going to stink. Whole, the whole culture there stinks. They need to blow the whole thing up. What do you got on the card? Absolute train wreck. I, did you see that fucking pick McSorley threw at the end of the game? Like the last play of the game? I, don't know. I was he asleep. Was, he was just throwing one into the end zone, but it was uh, 
He's looked he's looked all right in this limited action, but that, I don't I don't know what he was. It was it was bad. It was bad. I'm sad. I'm big sad. But I got I have nothing nothing to add. No no groping in Mexico. You might not make it back. You might get Brittany Griner. <laughs> she's she's doing like uh, what six years, nine years, nine, and they put her nine, and they put her in like a work camp. So she's got to like I don't know break up rocks with a pickaxe or something. Yeah, don't don't go to hostile countries and and break the law, especially when you're the thing with Brittany Griner is she's like she's mildly famous enough for for Russia to go out of their way to like detain her because it's obviously going to be international news. But it's not she's she's like minimally famous enough that like no one actually cares. Like if they if they like if they took LeBron James like like fucking Poland would be like nah we're invading you like the whole world the whole world would be up in arms but like Brittany Griner they're like oh that's that's so sad I'm not gonna do anything well, I'm not gonna do anything but it's sad you know they Russia, well it's because Russia knew what they were doing there yeah well it's it's because she's a woman uh, <laughs> you know for being really blunt about it if it was even like um. I st- try to stick with the NBA. I would say Carmelo. If Carmelo Anthony got caught with a weed pen in Russia, I think he'd be out of there oh, by oh, now. Absolutely. I yeah, th- but, that, but that's. I mean, you're but that's what you said. LeBron. LeBron is on. Compare Brittany Griner to Carmelo Anthony. That's like comparing. I mean, Carmelo Anthony's still like a A-list, like world-renowned, like a, a big name. Like no one. Well, he's big in China. You're comparing Brittany Griner's. You you compared like an NAIA athlete to like an Alabama scholarship player. But I'm but I'm not because they both play in the same level of their sport. They play at the the highest professional level of American basketball, and they're both uh, basically the stars on their on their respective teams. Obviously, Camelo's career is done, but like it's it's just not the same. Yeah, because she's a woman. Well, well, yeah, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. It does the level of her. It could be she. She is the biggest star of the WNBA. She so like in, in a way that is like LeBron Jameson, but LeBron transcends it's, basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Brittany, Brittany Griner doesn't transcend women's basketball. Like she's, it's not like, it's not like they took freaking Abby Wom. Like we we'd have got Abby Wambach back. Carly, Carly Lloyd, we'd we'd have got Carly Lloyd back. Yeah, maybe one of the soccer players would have we would have got back. Well, that took and a left turn. Soccer and and you'd have you'd have, the international soccer community would be would be there. There is no international women's basketball market. Like, there's not even a domestic women's ma- basketball market. Right. I guess. I guess is my point. Yeah. No, that's my point too. We are uh, just we, we're we're in agreement here. We're, we're just we're, we're yeah we we're and <laughs> we're everyone turn this off. <laughs> uh, Please stick around. We got good stuff coming up. We got good <laughs> Thanksgiving picks, and uh, like we said, World Cup breakdown. We'll break down the Danny will break down the the craziness of the tournament thus far, and maybe I'll touch on all the atrocities of the, the Qatari uh, regime. Uh, let's see. Let's get right into the NFL injury news. We'll start. Well, we'll start with Kyler Murray to wrap up the Cardinals here. He is playing uh, this week. I did notice he was on the sideline during the game and 
don't think he had an earpiece in or really had anything to do with like helping his team out or like Colt McCoy out in that game. Like wasn't helping with communications or just locked in. He was just kind of wearing a hoodie and, and lurking. So that's great to see from your quarter billion dollar quarterback, not really participating when injured. So yeah, that the Cardinals are fucked for what? Five, seven years. I, they have they're gonna have no cap space to build a team around him once uh D Nuck is out uh and, and gone. Zach Ertz is an old old man, so there's really not looking good for the, the Cardinals. So re- rest in peace, the Cardinals. And let's move on to Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, big spark for the Bears around week. Seven ish when they beat the Packers on Monday, or not the they beat the Patriots in Monday Night Football, and ever since then Justin Fields has elevated his game a notch. So hopefully, maybe Kenny Pickett can do that this Monday against the Colts, or next year maybe even. You know, think about that. Justin Fields year two did not play played half the season, kind of same as Kenny last year. Did not do well at all and then this year came in started out rocky and then it, and then it just took that one game to just crush the pats and then the, he's completely changed as a player uh, on the field but also not throwing a lot in the pocket which is a problem and part of that problem is he's getting smacked around past the line of scrimmage thus he has a separated left shoulder non-throwing shoulder separated with, quote, torn ligaments. And to quote Justin Fields here today, he said he practiced on a limited basis, and he said, if the game was today, I would not be able to play. He described the pain as pretty high and pretty much every throw on my follow-through. We'll see how it feels in four days. If I can... (laughs) Fields acknowledged he would need a painkiller on game day if he is able to go, but is uncertain what he would wear to protect his injured non-throwing shoulder. I don't know how much... There's even more I could read to make it so obvious that they should not be playing Justin Fields this week. They are fucking three and seven. They are playing for absolutely nothing. They traded away their second round pick to us. There's no point of playing the guy you think is going to be your legitimate, hopefully 10 to 12 year franchise quarterback. And you're going to play him to try to go four and seven in week, in week 12 here. Like what the fuck is go? And it's, this could all just be a bundle of bullshit. So the other team has to game plan. The other team being the jets have to game plan for Justin Fields. But like, if Justin Fields isn't playing, that Bears offense is not a threat at all to the Jets' elite defense. So like, they're doing this charade for for no reason at all. Like, just rest the kid and let him focus on mentally dealing with having this type of injury, and not just saying, you know, uh, we'll see how it is. Maybe I'll try to play with it because it's it's like. Stupid. It's a stupid business decision. It take all the the macho toughness. He's the toughest guy in the locker room. Like, what's that get you? That gets you nothing on a fucking three and seventeen. Being the toughest dude in the room at, at Weenie Hut Junior. So 
the Bears are fucking this up like they do everything else. They're a bad franchise, bad leadership. And the fact that there's even a conversation in the Bears organization that Justin Fields is going to play this week is stupid. What do you got? I, I agree. I'll give you a much more concise version. Um, they should they should sit him for the reason Steve is saying. So a, a separated shoulder, you have basically your your shoulder that that the the layman thinks of when you think of your shoulder, like your actual shoulder part uh, where it attaches to the collarbone. That's that's the joint that's sprained. So you so you lose a lot of stability. It's it's probably not a grade three sprain, or else he'd for sure be done. I'm assuming a grade two, meaning you have you have some stretching and tearing, but you're still uh, intact. Um, so basically they would, they would support it, give him some painkillers. It's his non-throwing shoulder, but, but Justin Fields is not play. He does not have a play style conducive to not being physical and getting knocked around. He's just getting his ass beat this year. There's no sense putting him out there. And yeah, I mean, and when he does, when he does play, he had this crazy fantasy burst. I think he takes a hit simply because of the pain. He's not going to be running and doing all the crazy things he's been doing because, you know, in his mind, there's that, oh, shit, this is going to really hurt when they hit me kind of factor. So that's all I got. Bears should rest him, but they're the Bears, so they might not. They're they're stupid. Uh, Trevor Simeon is the backup. Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Trent Dilford. Quote from Trent Dilford. If Trevor Simeon plays, he'll get his brains beat in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably do have a boost to Mooney and Claypool at that point, though, because Fields, I mean, yeah, he's running for 200 yards and multiple touchdowns a game, but he's still completing like six passes. So yeah. receivers might get a little boost with Simeon. But the Bears stink. They're, yeah, that's enough about the Bears. We've talked about the too, Bears too much longer Bears. than we talked about Brittany Griner. Uh, I, I did just buy a mattress, though, and the company was Bear. I'm on a bear kick there this year. It's the year of the bear, I think. I was at that cabin with the bear broke into the garage. I don't think I told that story, and I won't. Uh, yeah, I was basically re- rented a cabin. Bear bear broke into the garage through the window and ate the trash. Moving on to Baker Mayfield. He is now the backup for, I'm going to say, the rest of his career. He's going to be the backup, and Sam Darnold is going to get the start. And there was also a hilarious uh, clip of Good Morning Football with Matt Rule saying, you know, he didn't get quite a fair shake because he came in, and then it was COVID year. And then after that, you know, Sam Darnold kind of shit the bed, and um, and then the te- then things fell apart. And then this year, he had another new quarterback to try to scheme for, and uh, then he got hurt and all of that. So he he's just kind of this and that, and basically, I think, ple- pleading his case as to why a Power 5 college should hire him again at, at the college level is kind of what it sounded like. Baker's the backup. I don't expect... Uh, him to be the star. I think they're going to just ride out the season with Sam Darnold and hope for losses to get um, another quarterback next year in the top three. So that's the Panthers. Poor Panthers. Can we move on to running back? Yeah, there's nothing to add there. They all are going to stink. It's a it's a hopeless situation no, no matter what quarterback's in there. So uh, no no fantasy impact. Don't touch anyone on the Panthers. Foreman. Yeah, Dante Foreman, just because it's getting colder out, 
teams typically are running the ball a little bit more. This team needs to run the ball and run out the clock, get the game over as quickly as possible with as few injuries. Uh, so that might be the Panthers' plan, run the football and then play action. That's what I would do if I had Sam Darnold back there. So moving on to running backs, the team that is playing the Panthers, the Denver Broncos, they're in a tailspin coming off of a loss with Chase Edmonds being placed on IR with a – did he break his ankle or bad sprain? I'm not sure. I just read ankle. Either way, out for the year at the running back position, uh, that shouldn't be – shouldn't affect him too much for next year uh, moving forward. But then the bigger story is Melvin Gordon being cut after having, you know, seven turnovers this season – and just being underwhelming when they thought he was a guy that could be the number one back. Uh, Javante Williams went down. So this is now two running backs on IR for the Denver Broncos, cutting their third. So three starting running backs out. Now there's even more weight on Russ's shoulders. The funny rumor coming out of this story is that after their bad loss to the I'm sorry, I misspoke earlier saying they are coming off a win. They definitely lost to the absolutely terrible Oakland – oh, God, I'm a, the Las Vegas Raiders. Lost to the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime, and Melvin Gordon went back in the locker room and started playing future on fuel, full volume, and then Russell Wilson didn't even wait for the team to get on the plane until and asked the GM right away to – uh, cut his ass. You know, that's a rumor of the, all of that happening, but I'm going to just believe that it's true and move on with my life. And uh, yeah, Broncos are dead. Broncos are dead. The defense is now going to probably collapse here uh, or, or you know, lose, lose um, some steam. Anything on the Broncos? I really hope it's true as well. It'd be the most savage moment of of uh, Melvin Gordon's career. It is. It, I, I feel like we probably won't see Melvin Gordon pop up again, though. It's kind of a, a, a sad downward spiral. He went the Le'Veon Bell route of having a wildly, wildly unsuccessful holdout. Uh, you know, he's getting old, underwhelming this year, has the turnover issues. So who knows? You know, he might not pop up again, might not make a team again. So Definitely uh, props to him for forcing his way out of that horrible situation he was trapped in, but that might be that might be the end of the road. A quick quick downward spiral from who what 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 once was the uh, one of the most dynamic backs in the league a few years ago. So, uh, I think if a playoff team has a running back injury happen, then I I think Melvin Gordon's definitely someone a team would pick up to get some depth for a playoff Daryl Henderson went claimed but Melvin Gordon went unclaimed oh I don't for know. sure we'll, oh. I mean we'll see he just he just getting older sometimes running backs just disappear like that we'll see yeah I mean he'll probably be on a camp next year but are you gonna pay Melvin Gordon when you can get the same production from a undrafted rookie right 
would you like to take a guess at what the cheapest ticket for Panthers Steelers is in Carolina in three weeks? Twenty four dollars. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. T- take another guess. You're wild. Ten dollars. <laughs> I don't. Am I high or low? So it's the cheapest. The no, the nosiest bleed seat is one hundred and fifty five dollars. What you? The way you prefaced it made it sound like it was outrageously cheap. No, because they were both fucking absolute dog shit. Who's paying? Who's paying that much money to watch fucking Kenny Pickett and Sam Darnold fucking throw ducks at each other? I know that's why I was like, wow! I bet these tickets really uh, cliff do- dove into prices, and maybe I'll go. Nope, Broncos this week. Broncos Panthers this week. It's uh, you know, fifty dollars, fifty dollars, sixty dollars for those same seats. So a third of the price, and then obviously you can Not sit really. in the lower bowl for. For one fifty-five for the Broncos game here, but that Steelers Nation. I guess I was gonna say. I guess Steelers just travel well. That's wild. That's that's enough about. We've talked about the Broncos, Panthers, and Steelers. We talked about shitty teams way too long. All right, let's talk about the a good team, the Chiefs. Unfortunately, another running back on injured reserve. C H C E H. Yeah, dyslexia. No, I wrote down C M C out of. <laughs> muscle memory. <laughs> yes, uh, CEH Clyde Edwards Elaire out for the rest of the season. High ankle sprain. He's just, yeah. he's just, he's out at least four weeks. He can still come back at the at the end of the season wow. for the playoff. There you go. But pick up pick up Pacheco if he's still available. He, I mean, he's going to be the obviously it's it's going to be a uh, you know comedian going with a hot hand. Um, Chiefs offense kind of wildly unpredictable, but. He's certainly going to be the the main component of that of that backfield. So yeah, he's been running hard, looking good. And then uh, Canarius Tony, you know, hurt within two games of being back on the Chiefs, pulled hamstring. He did not practice today as of Wednesday. I doubt he would be able to come back and play just one week later with his injury history on that hamstring, those soft tissue injuries. So. I would not expect Tony to play this week, so that gives a bump to our man Juju, who is back full practice this week from that pretty nasty concussion two weeks ago. So look for Juju to have be back to double-digit fantasy performance. Uh, we're not doing heat and pad ice pack today, so heating pad Juju for sure, and don't and ice pack on literally every other team we met we've talked about up until this point. There you go. There's your heating pad ice pack. Let's keep it moving to Mike Williams. Came back too early from that high ankle sprain he had. Re- re-injured. Unlikely he'll play this week. Really, if if he came back and re-injured it that easily again, I, I believe non-contact first quarter he, he injured it. And so, you know, he might need to re- – they might re- re-evaluate him for – another two to four weeks ban here. If they're still looking good for the playoffs, you maybe push that back down the road to get him healthy for the playoffs. Well, they're, yeah. they're sitting at five and five outside of the playoffs right now, which is probably why they're rushing him back. But we, uh, we nailed that one last week, though. Yeah, I don't think Mike Williams is going to be the – I think they're fine at wide receiver if they're missing one of the two, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think – Keenan looked electric. He looked He looked 100%. There's a heating, heating pad, Keenan. Yes, and Palmer. Palmer's been a very good player this year. I loved getting him, scooping him up uh, late in best ball. 
and that that paid off because but i thought it was going to be well no we said at the beginning of the year keenan allen high risk of injury mike williams high risk of injury uh just because of their history and and then keenan allen's age so yeah we we know what we're talking about here and there so i think that does wrap it up for all of our injury news uh, one other note is the Browns center is placed on IR as well. So this week, you know, a new center for Jacoby Bursett. And then after that, I guess it really doesn't matter because Watson comes back against the Texans next Sunday. So that'll be an interesting breakdown we'll, we'll have to do. I think he's going to absolutely stink here for, you know, probably the rest of the season. You look at the, well, we'll get into it next week. Anything on anybody else? I'm I'm good. Well, uh, well, I'm looking. The Dolphins. Raheem Mostert didn't practice. He is banged up with a knee, so that does put uh, you know the load on Jeff Wilson and Miles Gaskin. So that they're playing the Texans, though they they should be just fine. I think that will do it for injury news. Let's get into some segments. So, Danny the floor is yours to talk about the U.S. men's national team and other World Cup games, and then you can finish with your draw of the week. Danny. The floor is mine. Yeah, I'm mostly cooled down by now. I don't have a wild rant for you. I mean, it certainly was. If The way I'm looking at it, if you would have told me going into it that we drew Wales first game, I'd have been like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we got a result. We're still, we're still in the mix. We're still slightly favored over Wales to advance in that second spot. Um, but the part, if you would have told me that we dominated the first 80 minutes and then drew Wales, then I'd be, that. that's the part that's a kick in the balls. And, uh, you know, they, they, they dominated the first half, could have had multiple goals, should have had multiple goals probably, but in typical U.S. fashion, they don't have, they don't have those finishers, can't, you know, can't finish their opportunities and, and stack those goals goals it's kind of the inverse throughout qualifying they were largely a second half team which was weird how the flip script kind of got flipped there but i mean they they looked promising they looked good walker panicked there on the penalty bad penalty dumb penalty bale had nowhere to go with it it was just a just a panic that and that's where that's where missing in 2018 really comes back and fucking kicks you in the balls a little bit because you know you have all the inexperience um you know, and the and the the hugeness of that moment, you panic and you make a make a mistake down the stretch. But overall, I was I was happy with the performance, not happy with the result, if that makes sense. Silver lining is uh, Harry Kane had a little bit of a ankle injury, came off, was substituted off. Sounds like they're kind of being iffy on the details. I th- I feel like he might. I'm a, I'm a ice pack for Harry Kane. I think he might miss the U.S. game, mm. which is probably smart on England. Um. It sounds like no structural damage, but I guess he's still he's wrapped up pretty good and and limping a little bit is from what I'm understanding. So obviously they they don't want to give out a whole bunch of details of the U.S., but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they sit him as as comfortably as they're sitting um, with us us and Wales drawing, which obviously would be huge for the U.S. and they would need to capitalize a, a draw a draw against England would be huge and you would be able to uh you know control your own destiny at that point so that's that's really what i'm hoping for and you know when it comes down to it american revolution war of 1812 1950 world cup 2010 world cup these fuckers have never beat us when it matters so 
hammer hammer that U.S. draw. That's actually not my draw of the week. That's just me being hopeful. But the the thing, the part that does frighten me, if we do drop this game, if we lose, no, no matter what happens in that in the Wales Iran game, but England's England's going to be through on their six points, so they they will probably you know they don't have to take that Wales game serious, so they'll they'll rest guys, they'll, their yellow card guys will you know they won't play them obviously. The U.S. can't put themselves in a position where they don't control their own destiny. We can't we can't depend on England beating Wales. So we we got to try to at least get the draw. Obviously, a win would be colossal. Um, but if the U.S. loses, Wales beats Iran, then then we're in trouble. Then we don't control our own destiny, and we're gonna get arrested England, where Wales only needs a draw. So then then we're in trouble. Then it's really panic mode. But we'll know we'll know the the Wales Iran result prior to our kickoff. So that'll at least you know if you know you need a a result, it'll adapt your uh, your game plan. Other than that, been a wild wild cup. The uh, Argentina result is crazy. Probably the biggest upset I've ever seen. Funniest tweet I saw. They said uh, Messi just lost to some gas station clerks, <laughs> which is which is hilarious on multiple levels, but. Why I I mean Argentina is still probably gonna win their last two games and get through because that's I mean they're still way too talented but wild 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 tournament so far Japan beating Germany um Spain looks amazing Spain's probably the number two favorite right now behind Brazil gonna be a fun fun Thanksgiving we got uh handsome McGee Cristiano Ronaldo kicking off I do you wanted the you wanted my input on that Portugal Ghana game I Ghana very young team inexperienced portugal got way too much talent i mean i'd I, it's not gonna be good great odds for you but i'd hammer the the portugal win i don't see ghana getting the result there portugal portugal minus 240 yeah Ugh. what's the draw 350 yeah i mean you're not gonna win a lot of money on that game but i well you I parlay you put, put portugal in a parlay yeah yeah oh, yeah put portugal in a parlay my draw of the week, I got. I like the. Uh, it's not not gonna come till Monday. I've been cold on these. I think I've missed three in a row now after my my hot start. Um, but I like that that Senegal Ecuador game Monday. These guys probably battling for that number two spot out of the group behind Netherlands, and I think it's pretty evenly matched. I would lean, Sen. I would lean Senegal. If Mane was healthy, but I think Ecuador is probably slightly, slightly the better side. But I, but Ecuador with the win in the first game, they're they're more comfortable with the draw. So I like the draw. I, th- I think that ends. I'm I'm pretty confident that one ends in a draw. Actually, that's I, I, I like that one a lot. What what are you what are you feeling, Steve? Well, I'm taking the Nether- Netherlands and Ecuador to draw this Friday. Then 11 a.m. kickoff. It's a plus 250 draw. Uh, like you said, Ecuador has a little bit more speed. Netherlands, I think, has a little bit more of a veteran team. I don't know. If I can, I looked at the countries. They look looks like they'll draw. Looks like a draw. Yours, yours is probably better odds. Yours will win you more money. Plus two fifty. I don't. I can't find the other your game down the road here. Let me say that a Portugal and Senegal parlay pays out plus 130 that's portugal to beat ghana senegal to beat qatar plus wow, plus I, 130 i really love that yeah well I mean, qatar's got to get a, the qatar can't come in here especially with all the controversy and just get swept like they got to get a result and they're not going to get it against the against the dutch 
So, I mean, this this one might, but Senegal's Senegal lost, and they're desperate. And Senegal, look, they did look great. They outplayed the Dutch for for most of that game. I don't know. That's that's tough. I wouldn't touch that Qatar Senegal game. I'm I just scared myself off. Well, it would be uh, pretty just that Qatar goes zero and three because they did not deserve to even be in this tournament or host the World Cup. But since FIFA is Absolutely. one of the most corrupt organizations in the world, uh, here we are playing in nine brand new stadiums built by slaves that will most likely be dust bowls in another three years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do want to touch on going back to our uh, Ronaldo-Messi argument. This would be the, an absolute kick in the balls, giant stain on the resume if Argentina, as one of the heavy favorites, like they were the – a lot of people were picking them over Brazil, but they were at least the number two. If Argentina flops out of this in in a weak group, like if they don't get through the group, that's bad. Also, CONCACAF, CONCACAF as a whole was looking fucking terrible. Mexico drew a game that they were favored. Obviously, we blew it and drew. Costa Rica got spanked. Canada actually looked well, but they CONCACAF has not does not have a win yet. I mean, they probably might not have a have a anybody go through. It's it's definitely a they could go over four on getting to the knockout stage, but Mexico's in trouble because by, by Saudi Arabia getting three points there, Mexico, first of all, seven consecutive world cups, they've gotten through the group stage and then lost the round of 16 game. Like they have, they have the biggest quarterfinal curse ever. It's, it's wild. And, but I think that streak might come to an end this year because basically, you know, assuming, assuming Argentina rebounds and beats Mexico beats Poland, Saudi Arabia sitting there. Basically, Saudi Arabia would just need to draw one of these two guys because they they have the win. You know, they have the win and the goal advantage over. Unless they get blown out by whoever they lose to. If if Saudi Arabia by beating Argentina, the 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 top dog, Saudi Arabia is sitting pretty. If they can get one result, they're probably through as long as they avoid a blowout, which is wild. Wild shakeup. One of the biggest underdogs in the tournament would be would be getting through there. So. <laughs> They are four to one to beat Poland plus two sixty draw Saturday morning. Uh, Saudi Arabia taking the walk to Poland. Uh, Mexico cannot they cannot score goals. They had there's like a big two of their best goal scorers in their country is Chicharito and Carlos Vela, and they like neither of them are on the team. They both had like a huge falling out with the federation, and it's like I don't know who I don't know. Like it's just wild that they wouldn't like try to bring bring them they they couldn't score goals in qualifying they can't score they they might they might not even like obviously Ochoa had that huge he turns into freaking world cup god every four years he had that huge save on the uh Lewandowski penalty but they Mexico nobody can score goals on that team and they might need to freaking they might have three zero zero shutouts mm. hope you're all watching a little world cup uh this weekend mix it in with the football it's good stuff uh, always exciting. I've been putting it on in the nursing home <laughs> quite a bit, <laughs> whichever, whichever room I'm in. Um, you know, so I, I watched uh, Germany and Japan today, and the guy has like mild to moderate dementia. And he is like, I don't understand soccer. I was like, well, you know, it's it's a round ball. You can only use your feet, not your hands. He's like, oh, so it's like basketball. And I was like, yeah, it's like basketball. <laughs> And 
except you score once or twice and not not 45 times in the game. But basically basketball. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's basketball on grass, soccer. All right, uh, where does that take us? We'll say since it, since we're coming off of a Qatar rant, we'll say the anti LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Tough tough pick this week. And anti Brittany Griner. <laughs> I don't fucking steal my punchline. Oh I damn! I'm sorry. Here's on a buy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know bring you bring you around on the on the full uh, circle back. Brittany Griner, LGBTQIA plus inmate of the week, probably working hard in that uh that work camp or whatever she's doing. Free hashtag free Brittany. I think I might have to actually put put in the work to clip that and and put that on social media at Return to Play Pod on Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> Let's keep it moving to the end of the show. It's usually the best part of the show. The greasy gambling picks. Jimmy hasn't made the graphic in two weeks, so if you are following along at Return to Play Pod on Twitter, you had no clue what we picked the last couple weeks, but I went 3-0 and last week. Danny with a tough 1-2, and uh, taking the Steelers as his lock. That's tough. And then uh, Jimmy is 0-3 last week, 1-5-2 uh, one, one, and two in his last three weeks. I tried to, I tried to go back. Go back to my two winners the week before, and they both blew. I knew that I knew the Steelers was going to be a tight game. I figured it'd be a field goal game, and it was a touchdown game, and it bit me. But fucking UConn was winning that game late. They gave up seventeen unanswered to Army, who is the one team that's not going to put up big points in a in a quick succession. And UConn UConn found a way. Tough week. I was staring at three and zero at one point, and and went one and two. But I'm I'm <clears> rebounding. Got it. I'm getting back. I was hot, went cold. I'm getting back to 500. Well, why don't you just go ahead and get give us your picks on how you're going to do that? I actually didn't like a whole lot this week. I'm not uber confident in these, which is probably why I am going to go three no. But I'll start with my lock. I got the Razorbacks, Arkansas minus three. I believe this is a Friday night game or Friday day game, even maybe I don't know. Friday, Arkansas minus three at Mizzou. Arkansas, KJ Jefferson looking looking 100%. Arkansas kind of looking like that team they were supposed to be early in the season when they were highly ranked um, before health kind of derailed them. They look look healthy again. Just just dominated Mississippi last week. So I like Arkansas to you know kind of keep it rolling. I, minus three, I like them to cover. Lock that in. That's my lock. Uh, another one, big big. I usually stay away from these big point games, but I like Utah minus 29 and a half. At Colorado, the being on the road makes me a little weary, but Colorado is hot garbage. Probably, I mean this this has got to be the worst, one of the worst Power Five teams like ever. Like this is they are bad. They are getting blown out by everybody. This is going to be their fourth straight ranked opponent, and they've lost by thirty nine, thirty eight, and forty seven. Can't imagine them just getting the shit beat out of them over and over and over like this and then somehow having the ability to to rebound. So I like them to lose by at least 30. So I'm taking Utah. Utah has a, still has an outside chance if a couple games go in their favor to get into the Pac-12 title game. So Utah and, and they even get into a New Year's Six Bowl, so they still need those style points to stay high in the, uh, in the uh, CFP rankings. 
So I like Utah there. I like Utah to win big, score a lot of points, and, and rebound from their crushing defeat last week. NFL Sunday. I like the Tennessee Titans at home. Home dog, plus two and a half. At the Bengals. Fuck the Bengals. Fuck them. Fuck them all. But I, uh, emotions aside, Vrabel, I think it's a pretty even matchup. So I'm going to always take Vrabel as a home dog, at least to, at least to cover. So I like Tennessee, plus two and a half. Yeah, not bad. I I do like the Tennessee pick. Vrabel taking those guys to places that roster shouldn't be going uh, every year every year he's unbelievable i would i would give a nut for mike rabel there tennessee's won six of seven i think and the one loss was overtime to kansas city with malik willis yeah so rabel rabel's a magician because that that is a bad t- like they are if there's a reason everybody picks the colts for the past four years and the titans just win it every year like the titans are bad like it's it's Derrick Henry and, and a mid a mid roster. And Vrabel just has the fattest, juiciest pair of balls. <laughs> well, let's get to think speaking of balls, let's get to Jimmy's picks. They are stinky balls. And he is taking the oh, I love this. He is taking the Chicago Bears plus six. Don't know how much aware of Justin Fields' shoulder he is. But, uh, yeah, he's taking the Bears plus six on the road against the Jets. So plus six there. And then the Baltimore Ravens, a huge trap game here for the Ravens, minus four at Jacksonville. There's no reason the the Ravens defense should only be, you know, factored in as a four-point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, usually I think – cold weather teams late in the year in Jacksonville, you go back down to that humidity and stuff. Your body's not acclimated to it. It's kind of sticky and weird. Uh, Yeah. I don't know about that one. Don't like it. And then his lock of the week is Thanksgiving going against his own bills here with Detroit plus nine and a half. See what Jimmy thinking here is bills are on a short week they're traveling back and forth yada yada uh the bills kick the shit out of the lions on paper if the factoring in of the travel and the snow and the short week it's a short week for both teams but all of those factors lead to like a first half detroit lions win they're not going to like the Browns this past week. The Browns were keeping it close. The Browns were playing pretty good football, running the ball a lot. And then the Bills just figured them out, adjusted, flipped the switch, and and then just prolapsed the Browns. They turned the Browns inside out. So if they can do that to the Browns, the Browns are a much better team than the Lions. Lions are on a hot streak. I think they're brought back down to reality here and put put in their proper place by Josh Allen and the Bills, who, by the way, are fighting for, you know, a high playoff seed and in a close divisional race here with the Dolphins. Like they're not they're not fucking around. Like it's all business in Buffalo. Uh so Jimmy with three more terrible picks for you. He is two, eight, and two in the last month. So take that for what it is. And still beating us. That's how hot you are. Nope, nope, no, he's not. I am beating both of you, you now. You- you caught him. Oh, look at you. Look 16, at you. 15, and 2 over here. Danny is 15 and 18. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> Jimmy, 15, 16. Months ago, I was, I, was, I was hot. I was well above 500. 
What what am I over the last month? Over the last month, you in, are in that span that Jimmy's two eight and two. I'm I'm probably three three and nine. You are four and eight. Four and eight. Damn. God. And if you go back one more week, you are five and ten. Yeah, it's been brutal. Well, it's been, it's been a brutal stretch here. We're getting out of it this week. 3 0. Yeah, thanks. I just want to refute you. I don't think the Browns are more. I, I don't mind that Lions pick. I don't think the Browns are more talented than the Lions, especially the Lions are hot and they're at home. I mean, the, the Browns without Deshaun Watson, no no chance. I'm taking the Lions all day. Uh, the, Browns, the, Browns, the Browns defense is not good, but they have a very good pass rush. And then, yeah, Browns at home against the Buccaneers. A lot of people are on the Browns. Jimmy Jimmy had a quality tweet. I don't know if you saw it. Did you hear about the uh, someone broke into the into the Brown Stadium and like did did burnouts on the field oh. of a of a car of a vehicle? Of some, I don't know where they got the vehicle. They, they must have hijacked like a golf cart or something. I don't know. But someone did burnouts on the field, and, uh, and Jimmy said, uh, that, "That's the best drive. That's the best drive that field has seen this year." <laughs> That's good. I, I got I got your back this week, Jim. Usually I'm shitting on you, but that was a good tweet. Uh yeah, no, I'm shitting on him. And that is a good tweet. And so let's get to my picks. Uh you know, if we are doing the whole recap thing, the last four weeks, I am five, five, and two. If you go back one more week, I am seven, six, and two. So, you know, right around that 50% mark. A little over 50%. So we'll, we're going to get it this week. We're going to get over the hump, and we're going to do it starting Friday here with Western Michigan plus seven and a half. It's the final week of college football, and Western Michigan is a home dog against the Toledo Rockets. Uh, MAC game, I think all these final week of the MAC games are all coin flips. So give me seven and a half points for a pretty decent Western Michigan team. They've had a kind of an up and down year, but they're certainly are capable of hanging in there with Toledo. Not making it a lock by any means, but I, I, what sold me on it was there is sharp, 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 sharp money, razor sharp money on this plus seven and a half. If you're following that like I try to do, then you want to take Western Michigan here. This week, but let's move into the NFL for my final two picks being the Seattle Seahawks at home, 12th man, minus three and a half against the all time terrible Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders are a shit show. They might be feeling good about themselves by beating the equally, if not more shitty, Denver Broncos, who are tailspinning, you know, into oblivion. And so I don't know if the Raiders have any false hope, but going on the road to Seattle is a is a very tough task. Seattle has been beating up on the bad teams this year. They are kind of in a little midseason slump here. Look for Geno and the Seahawks to get back on track against a not good Las Vegas Raiders defense. You know, better coach versus shittier coach, better offense versus very bad defense. Give me the Seahawks at home. And then my lock of the week. It goes against Jimmy, not his lock, but my lock is the New York Jets minus six against the Chicago Bears. Jets defense, elite top five defense this year, uh, playing maybe 
Trevor Simeon and the Chicago Bears. If the Bears have any brains in their head, it should be Trevor Simeon playing the Jets. The Jets also having quarterback troubles, though. I don't know who is it, Mike White or is it Flacco? I don't know. I don't care. It's it's, I'm, it's, it's Mike White, oh. but they but they they put they they're making a milf crusher third string like he he's inactive they said so flacco's the no, number two but mike white's the the guy so clearly that tells me that it was just zach wilson lost the locker room when he said he, he didn't let the team down by not scoring a touchdown in a game where no one scored a touchdown when you have more punts than completed passes and you need to you need to take a little bit of the blame for why your team lost the football game as the quarterback, no matter what. But if that stat is true and you're the quarterback saying, you know, no, I didn't let my team down, then, uh, yeah, you do have some some learning to do. You're going to sit the practice squad here. So, so really, Zach Wilson is on the practice squad this week playing the role of Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon. So, yeah, yikes. <laughs> Give me the Jets. It's the Jets defense I'm betting on here to just shut down the Bears. The the over the here's the tale. The over under of this game is 38 and a half points. If you were to if you were to say a Justin Fields game total is at 38 and a half points, like you're putting your mortgage on over 38 and a half because you know Justin Fields is going to get that team to 24 at minimum. So this tells me Vegas doesn't think Justin Fields is going to play, and if he does play, he's not going to be the Justin Fields of the past five weeks. That's my lock of the week. Enough said. Jimmy's probably going zero and three, maybe one and two. You know, I'm hitting this lock at the least, and, and the Seahawks. So let's go. I think we're all due for a good week, besides Jimmy, and and enjoy the massive sports weekend here for this Thanksgiving week. You have anything else to close the show? No taxation without representation. See you Black Friday. Yeah. Well, well put. Because whether you're Black Friday shopping, turkey stuffing, face gobbling, driving, hopefully not under the influence, betting games, you got to stay healthy, America.